You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Today on the Zabecast, it's Andy Poland, the guy I once derisively called Good Enough Andy. A man who knows more Redskins history than anybody. Somebody who loved Chinese food, Tiger Woods, and 60 Minutes on Sundays. And a guy who taught me the word Mashugana. Your bonus, uncensored 35-minute edition of the Zabecast is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. A tight 30-minute Zabecast today. I'm supposed to be resting today, Andy, because I just got done with my first ever colonoscopy. Ooh, first ever. Oh, what a joy at 54 (laughs) years old. I am proud to announce my colon looks as clean and as healthy and pink and moist as a baby's mouth. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what an analogy. Um. <laughs> no, seriously, thank God for that. Uh, just one small polyp. It doesn't look uh, like it's yeah. anything. 
And uh, doctor said everything looked good. My uh, throat is a little bit, my voice is a little bit gone because I had a uh, endoscopy to check oh, out yeah. my throat while I was under. I said, look at the top part because that is my money maker. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to report that. But, you know, for those of you, Andy, who have known me for a long time and have seen my, let's just say, less than ideal diet, yeah. suck <laughs> it! <laughs> you, you, you better eat some vegetables, man. You're going to get colon cancer. And by yeah. the way, I still might. I mean, look, it's a lot of factors wow. that go into it. I'm knocking on wood. But my colon looked absolutely great, and I haven't had a vegetable my entire life. Well, I, I would say, uh, you know, and thank God everything came out okay. But boy, you, you pushed it, A, with the diet, and B, you know, waiting until you're 54. When are you uh, supposed to get one? Well, I, I'm hearing now that they're looking at 40s? under 50. Yeah, in, in the yeah. 40s. Um, I, I had my first one at 50, and I've had, I've had several of them. Just nothing serious, but, you know, just because I have a history, my grandfather died of it at a time when, you know, they didn't do colonoscopies. And, uh, you know, just to be safe, they wait sometimes only three years before doing the next one. So how often do you go in there? Well, either three or five, depending on how it looks. Okay. But, you know, they they find a polyp, but, you know, thank God everything's fine right. when it goes to the lab. But, yeah, I mean, play it safe on that. Don't 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 yeah. mess around with that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, one thing I realized as I was going in for this very in-and-out procedure, 35 minutes tops, right, mm-hmm. um, I was, like, feeling very vulnerable, very uncomfortable, very not right as they prepped me for this. And I'm thinking to myself, what's wrong with you, you soft-ass weakling? This is a nothing burger, okay? There are kids fighting much tougher battles, going in for much more complicated surgeries than this. What is wrong with you? Get it together. This is going on in my head, Andy. And then it dawned on me. I've never been prepped for any surgical procedure ever in my life. Talk about living a charmed life despite my poor habits. Never. I've never been through it. I've never actually gone into any kind of surgery for anything at 54. That's remarkable. You yeah, know? that's uh, no, I, that, that that's good. I've I've had you know minor procedure uh, inpatient, but no, nothing uh, overnight. But yeah, it it is a little bit scary. The big thing about the colonoscopy. It's not the surgery because they knock you out. It's the prep. prep. Yeah. Yeah. And the prep has gotten a lot better. Um, I don't know what you use, but I mean, there was a time when it was really, really bad. bad. Apparently, you used to have to drink like two gallons of this stuff, two gallons of this stuff. Of course, now it's down to two six ounce bottles of concentrate, which you mix with water or Gatorade. But it's still it's a it's a day and a half of no eating. At least it was for me. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. And it was also on the toilet, off the toilet, on the toilet, right. off the toilet for quite a few times. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, it's 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 a lengthy procedure for that. But uh, once uh, once you get in and you get out, they go, okay, clean bill of health, go have a hamburger. No, mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate uh, modern medicine. And, you know, the nurses were all great, super friendly, very nice. Mm-hmm. But like I said, when I'm there lying on that gurney, that hospital bed with a gown on looking straight up at these nice, friendly, but strange nurses. I don't know. Like, okay, it's going to be fine. Here's what we're going to do. I was like, God, this feels weird. And I'm like, well, now I know why. 
it's my first time ever. And I felt very much sympathetic towards and appreciative of everyone who's ever had to be in and out of hospitals and through big battles and surgeries and cancer fights. Because, sure. you know, that's, uh, that's real world stuff right there. Me, because it was my first brush with basically anything. I was like, ah, oh, this is weird. Oh, this is awkward. Imagine doing that, you know, a dozen times over the course of several years as you're in and out of ICU wards, right? Right. And that's another reason that you don't wait because, you know, sometimes they find something and they have to remove a section of your colon. Sometimes there's chemotherapy and all those things. So so be proactive. And uh, just because Uncle Steve doesn't eat any vegetables doesn't mean the rest of you shouldn't eat your vegetables. No, and you know what? I should try to work some in, and I should get more fiber in my diet as well, and I should once again walk humbly and realize no one's ever out of the woods ever on anything. So try to live as healthy as you can. That said, Andy, I wanted to say condolences to you. Your father passed away two weeks ago almost. Yeah, it was the 31st, uh, died uh, at the age of 94, ripe old age of 94. What a life that your father lived. Can you just share with us uh, what your father did and his backstory? And he's second generation, right? Right, right. His his father came to the United States when he was 17 years old from Russia. Uh, Large family, one of uh, eight kids, which included Abe Poland's father, the most famous of the Polands, and... Uh, it's a typical immigrant story of a large family that, you know, worked hard and uh, many of them succeeded and uh, owned property like uh, my father's father did, which my father inherited and ran for many years. Uh, he also was the first member of his family to go to college, uh, got an engineering degree, was drafted into the army during Korea, wow. uh, did not go to Korea, but uh, but was in the service, went to uh, finished up college on the GI Bill. And, uh, you know, work just is a guy who embraced work. I think that's that's a great way to describe him. And uh, and he liked to help people. You know, he was because he ran apartments and because he was good at at fixing things, he would often be consulted for, uh, you know, repair advice. And if you needed a new roof or something like that, he'd tell you what to do. But if it was a small thing like, you know, changing a fixture or something like that, he'd do it himself. And, um, you know, he was great for us, raised four kids, one with special needs and uh, leaves behind a, a legacy of, uh, you know, what it takes to succeed in this world, just working hard and being good to other people. Yeah. What a titan of a man. What a beautiful yeah. life and family and legacy he leaves. And uh, you are just like your father who made it to 94, working all the way up until what age? Running uh, apartments? Uh, he worked until he was 94. Jesus. Uh, you know, the, well, I mean, he, he, he didn't, he, he, he would still go down there into his 90s. He, uh, he lost his, down his driver's where? license. Down to Southeast D.C. and Arlington, Virginia, where the, the apartments are. He and, ran uh, apartments in Southeast, one oh, of the yeah, more they, dangerous quadrants of the city? Well, yeah, but it's, you know, the city's changing, and it's, uh, it's only about three miles from the wharf, so Washington is gentrifying. Right. It's gotten better, but, Did yeah, he ever uh, have any scary run-ins? Oh yeah, yeah, a few. Oh, okay. and, um, but uh, yeah, he, he, he had it. nine lives. He he uh, he he had a lives like a cat. It finally you know caught up with him with a couple of bad falls at the end. But um, yeah, I mean those apartments were built 
1943 by my grandfather when there was a housing shortage in Washington for the war effort. Wow. And uh, in those days, as, as Abe's father told him, he said, Jack, go down to the bank and tell them you want to build apartments. They'll give you money. Sure enough, he walked in and <laughs> he gave him money and he, and he built apartments. And now, that was your uh, they, great. That was your grandfather. Grandfather. Yes. Great grandfather, uh, Jack. No, great just, grandfather. Just, okay, right. Grand, yeah, so he was the first. He he came over to the United States in 1910. He was 17 years old. Uh, wow. Came with came with another family. Came from Russia. Where where in Russia? I think it was Ukraine, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, was he? He wasn't fleeing persecution as a Jew, was he? Well, they they were. You know, it, the czar had it, it was there, and they they wanted to get out, and they knew they knew there was opportunity in America. And he was the first of the eight kids to be sent over and he got a job and he sent some money home and another brother came over with the money he sent home and he did the same thing. And eventually they brought over all eight kids and the mother. And uh, by by the early 1920s, they were all here. And uh, and then of those eight, the offspring of the Poland family is about 200 right now. Uh, Wow. uh, Yeah. And, And we have reunions every two or three years. It's really amazing. About a hundred people show up. And when we first started having him, I was, you know, meeting people that I didn't really know. And now we've become, you know, friends as well as relatives. Yeah, and so. Your cousin Abe owned the uh, bullets that then yeah. turned wizards and capitals as well. Right, uh, got right. the downtown arena built when a lot of mm-hmm. people thought that it couldn't be done. Helped revitalize right. downtown Chinatown, that area of the city. Uh, yeah. left a huge legacy uh, sports-wise in town. And people might think, oh, is that Andy's dad or brother? No, no it's your no. cousin. Cousin, my father's first cousin. And, uh, yeah, among his legacy is uh, kicking Michael Jordan's ass. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Andy, who has missed how many days of work due to illness? I have not missed a day due to illness since 1985. So I'm on a pretty good run here. You are, you are Andy, truly much like Ovechkin. The Russian machine never break. (laughs) And you too, you too will probably go to your grave working like your father at 94. Or maybe you've always said you want to get 100. I want to get 100. Yeah, I can tell you, though, that uh, having witnessed a, a healthy man for most of his life, um, you know, the last couple of years, if you don't really watch out and he was not careful enough, it, it can be pretty bad. So, okay. uh, you know, if we come up a little short of that, that'll be okay too. But if I have a life of, uh, health much like his, I'll be very happy. You know, I saw an interesting chart about life expectancy and mm-hmm. basically it was charted in a way that at the far right end of the graph was all the lines went down to zero, meaning, you know, mm-hmm. you die at this age. And then on the far left hand, it was on the up and down axis. And the length of people living has not extended much further than 100 years old on average. And that's mm-hmm. not the average, by the way. The average is like 84 now. But that right. the life expectancy chart is billowing out like a sail so that the middle part is indeed getting longer. So our life expectancy in first world countries with modern medicine, colonoscopies and everything else is going up, but it just means the curve steepens back down to basically the same point that it has been for a long time. And some people believe that that's just because of how nature has programmed our genetics as human Mm -hmm. beings to really not last beyond a hundred years. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a rare case. And look, back in the in before modern medicine, life expectancy was like in the fifties for most men. Right. And and I think Benjamin Franklin lived into his eighties. Well, like at that time, that was like living to be hundred and twenty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there was a philosopher who said uh, life is brutish and short. Oh yeah, uh, life is nasty, brutish, and short. Yeah, yeah. No, look, you you and I have been in That's this, the this, way this. it was. Not now, though. It's a no. lot better now. We're living in a gosh dang golden age. Right, but but in, in retrospect, when you look back on your life, like you and I have been doing this for a long time. I've been doing it probably longer than you have. But, uh, you know, if you look back on, on certain things, it doesn't seem that long ago. Like the 80s, to me, doesn't seem that long ago. To others, it would seem like, oh, God, you know, that's what well, we were growing up with the 40s seemed like. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the longer you live, the less time seems to, to really, you know, add up, I guess. Uh, Thomas Hobbes in the book Leviathan. Life is nasty, brutish, and short. But that was way back in 1651. We've come a long way since then, baby. That's also a Virginia Slims ad from the 1970s. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you're going to have to Google it. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, ZULU, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Let's talk about the Masters, Andy. What would you think of John Rahm's win on Sunday? Well, you know, I'm a Tiger guy, so um, I was very (laughs) Once you're a Tiger with Drew, you're like, well, my Sunday just freed up. Well, no, not really. I mean, I, I do like to watch the the end of the Masters, and uh, you know, it's beautiful, and mm-hmm. the azaleas, and the whole thing. And but um, you know, once once he's out, uh, things take a turn to okay. Now I'm watching golfers that I don't really care about. But the Phil Mickelson story is amazing. It's freaking amazing because. Last year, he didn't participate because he was a pariah and didn't want to be a distraction. Yes. And, and now, he was and a now, w, he was a no-show due to shame. He was yeah. healthy. He was eligible. The Green Jackets didn't say, you can't come. He just right. didn't want to be out in public. Right. A three-time champion. You know, I know. You, you, you got Freddie Couples knocking it around at, at 63. And, and, you know, he did make the cut, but, you know, he's, he's nowhere near being a contender. Here's a guy who could be what Jack Nicholas used to call a ceremonial golfer. Yeah. And ceremonial golf. That's not and, really uh, what I'm about. And, and he, he almost won the damn thing. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking if John Rahm pulls a John Vandeville, mm-hmm. oh my God. Can you imagine? You know? Can you imagine yeah. Phil winning it backdoor yeah. style while sitting in the clubhouse sipping on a lemonade? And then to have all the awkwardness of having to pretend like we're really happy about this. Yes, he had people that supported him. Uh, We saw him up close, me and my my guy Chris Broussard, who went on Friday. We saw him up close, and first of all, he's remarkably thin. He's gotten himself in great shape. He's dialed his diet in absolutely to a T. And uh, he can still move it out there. And at, at that course, he knows... Just how to tickle it like a pinball machine that you're very familiar with. He knows mm-hmm. how to get scores out of Augusta, and you could basically hit it all over the yard and not get penalized. Yeah, I mean, and if he's going into a playoff, you oh, know, and CBS didn't even interview him. Well, like, you know, that's another thing, which is yeah. whose choice was that? A, I don't know. CBS, B, the Green Jackets, C, Mickelson. Maybe Mickelson said, I don't want to be part of this. He yeah, wanted to lay low this week. I give him credit. He said all the right things. The only availability Mickelson gave was after the tournament. 
because he had finished second. So he did go up on the podium and they interviewed him and he said all the right things about being grateful to be there and I'm not going to get into it this versus that, live versus whatever. He has, however, traded in his entire golfing reputation for $200 million from the Saudis, a, a sum of money that maybe he needed because of gambling debts. Who knows? And it may have been short money because in the long run with his endorsements and just the the goodwill he created, wouldn't he have made that over the rest of his life if he did not do that? I think I would love to be his agent to go, hey, Phil, we got this deal on line one. Hold on, Phil. We got a golf course design offer on line two and on and television he could have done. I just I don't know. I think he needed the money because otherwise he should have said, look, no matter how good the money is. I want to be the next Arnold Palmer. I want to be the next guy who's universally beloved, not looked at sideways, or in some cases still reviled, which he is. So tortoise in the hair too. I mean, that 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 tiger ran past him, but at fifty-two, he's still a contender. Where tiger, you know, sadly, even even if he's in contention going into round three, he just can't walk four rounds anymore. Just it's just not going to happen. Exactly. yeah, I, the whole the whole money thing, this strikes people as odd coming from me, of all people, because they fashion me to be a materialistic, uh, possession-obsessed fella. And you like a, things. I like you things. Like I like gadgets and toys. However, I just wonder, what are these live guys doing with all their money? They already have know. all this money. What more do you want to buy? How much marginal extra happiness could it possibly purchase you? For for the big names, yes. But there was a very good story in the Post last week, and his name escapes me, but he was the only African-American golfer Harold on Varner. the tour. Yeah, Harold, Harold Varner. Varner. Harold Varner yeah. just trashed the live tour saying, these guys aren't in it to grow the game. They're in it to line their pockets. And, and he, so he am I. That's why he was in And yeah. so am I. He's like... I grew up poor in South Carolina, and the game of golf gave me a chance to better my family, and this was the best decision. I applaud that. That's actual honesty, and his story is a lot different from Phil's because he's got a homegrown swing and is a true underdog story that he's on the tour and as good as he is. And and it ties in a bunch of of cool little things. Like, remember when Stefan Marbury was marketing those $15 sneakers? Yes. And and that's all his family could afford. And he wore them, and now he's got arch problems and a degenerative foot problem that's going to cause him to to have to give up golf in a a few years. So he said he's going to have to quit golf in a couple of years. Yeah, like it's not. He doesn't know how much longer he can play because of the Starberry shoes. Yeah, that they they cause fallen arches and and yeah. What did he play? Full pickup games in them. Yeah, I mean, he's an athlete, oh. you know, and and at oh that time, God. you know, as he, you know, I remember when those were available for my son, and, and fortunately, I had enough money to buy him <laughs> Nikes or Reeboks or whatever he wanted. Right. But I imagine that there were kids right. who, who who couldn't, you know, do that, and yeah. that's and they bought them, and 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 here's a guy who's, you know, it's probably going to cost him millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, we saw Harold hit it off a of number three uh, early morning on Friday. Excuse me, Friday. You know, Mickelson gets up there, Regal. Perfect swing, boom, hits it out there far. Uh, the other third guy in the group does the same. Varner gets up and takes this exaggerated sort of wide stance mm-hmm. with his front toe kind of pointing forward, very strong grip, almost like a baseball grip, and just gives it a lash. Put it out there with him, but it was clear 
one of these swings is not like the other. It was up close, Andy, a very homegrown swing, which made mm-hmm. me appreciate and admire how far he's come in the game even more. Well, I mean, you could you could drop names because I witnessed this. You played golf with Jim Furyk, talking talking about funny swings. That's right? true. That's true. Although Furyk did grow up in a golf environment with a pretty well-off middle-class, upper-middle-class family, not so much with Varner, who really right. is from you know the the scrappy country in South Carolina. Okay, let's move on. Uh, number three on my list today. This Rudy Gobert story is a fucking doozy. Not just the fact that Rudy Gobert is going to be suspended for the first playoff game that the Timberwolves are in, this stupid play-in game, or their what what seed are the are the Timberwolves again? I think they're seven or eight, aren't they? They're playing the Lakers in this. uh... Right, right. So he's suspended for that game because he sort of slap punched a teammate. Mm-hmm. This tweet, I had to make sure to go to his Twitter feed to make sure it's not a fake tweet. Because I say you hang this in the Louvre when it <laughs> comes to tweets. Adrian Wojnarowski, ever heard of him, Andy? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Woj Bomber mm-hmm. tweeted, quote, The Timberwolves had to suspend Gobert for throwing a punch, but accepted that it was a shot to the chest with no intent to injure Kyle Anderson, his teammate, and understood that Anderson called Gobert a bitch, actual wording, repeatedly on a night that Gobert was playing hurt, comma, sources tell ESPN. Wow! What a tweet! So wait, with all of that, why did they have to suspend him? Uh, I guess because he used that kind of language and seemed to throw a punch. I mean, the, the video has been all over the place of him, you know, being held back and so forth. It's a, plus it's a teammate, you know, it's teammate on teammate. Can't they time. hug it yeah. out? Can't they no. say, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll deal with this. We're going to come together on our own, but fuck, we got a playoff game tomorrow night. Yeah. I mean, R- Rudy Gobert. And when you look at the end of his career and the stats, he's had a great career, made a lot of money. He's now known for two things, patient zero or incident zero with COVID. Yep. And now this, those are the two things that are going to follow him the rest of his life. Pretty embarrassing. And then it wasn't his fault, but what the Timberwolves gave up to get him had somehow slipped under my radar uh, because I was like, wait a minute, what? You know what they gave up to get Gobert, right? Refresh my memory. Four live bodies. And four number one draft picks staggered 23, 25, 27, 29 due to the St- Ted Stepien rule from the Cavaliers back mm-hmm. when he traded five number ones in a row in the league. David Stern's like, look, we can't have this. Like, this will crush ticket sales and fan base morale for years. We can't allow it. Uh, four live bodies and four draft picks. But wait, there's more. And a draft swap. In 2028, I must have missed when Rudy Gobert became the next Shaq. Well, the, the only thing I'd say about that is draft picks are really hit or miss. You you don't you don't know. I mean, if one of them winds up as Victor Wembanyama and he becomes four the next great number ones, I understand four but, live but, bodies. But but there's a lot of number one or first round draft picks who never amount to much. He's a proven commodity. 
Wow. Um, You're defending but, the compensation in the well, trade. I'm surprised by this. I don't get this. carried away with draft picks. I mean, if they're, Four if they're of them? a lot of bodies. Yeah, I understand. But wow. it's, it's, it's a chance to spin the roulette wheel. It really is in, in, in basketball more, I think, more than any other yeah, sport. But if you miss the playoffs and you're a lottery pick, if you yeah. got a lottery pick, you could get a guy who makes a difference. Are they lottery protected? I don't know. They, well, you know, they do a lot of that, too. That's going to bring us to our next story, and that is the Mavericks tanking oh, yeah. on mm. Friday night against the Bulls and screwing the Knicks out of what would have been an unprotected first-round pick. This was our friend, Tim Bontemps. Remember when Timmy Bontemps wrote for the Post? Man. And was kind of a nobody on the landscape. Here he was on ESPN today explaining why the NBA is actually going to get into this and do some investigating. Do you think the league treats this any differently? Because it's not just the way the rules are set up, but it's the, the language in a deal that caused it. Well, this is interesting because I honestly didn't know if this was the reason you thought it was going to be different. And uh, there have been a lot of instances in the past when teams have done this. Like, for example, back in 2012... The Golden State Warriors went out of their way to make sure they got the pick that became Harrison Barnes by doing similar things towards the end of the season. There's a very famous game where Mark Madsen, who's now the coach of Cal, playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves, took a million three-pointers to make sure the Timberwolves lost the game, right? There's been a lot of instances like this in the past. The reason this is being investigated, this Mavs situation, and the reason this thing matters is because the Dallas Mavericks embarrassed the NBA by bailing on the play-in tournament, by having a chance with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on their team. I know the numbers say they were bad when they both were playing, but at the end of the day, you have two of the biggest stars in the NBA playing on a team that had a chance to play its way into the playoffs if it won two games and Oklahoma City lost one, and they decided it would be better to prioritize getting a draft pick over trying to make the playoffs. And that is the thing. If it was just the draft pick and the, the Mavs were not in the, in the playoffs, the league wouldn't be investigating it. It's because... They have made a mockery of the playing tournament. That's why the but league that's is doing. What I- Do you buy that theory? Yeah, I do. I do. Don't you? A thousand percent. And yeah. here's what's even dumber about it. Anyone with a brain knows that this play-in mumbo-jumbo is the quintessential fake product. Right. It's fake. It is the fish, Andy, that is painted and shaped to look like crab leg meat. <laughs> oh, we're going to expand the playoffs. We're going to take the 7, 8, 9, and 10, and we're going to have them play. And then the winner to plays this, and you can fight your way in. None of these fucking teams are going to the conference finals, much less the NBA finals, much less wing at all. It's just expanding the amount of non-nutritive breading in a, in a dish at a restaurant. It's junk is what it is. And yet the league was all miffed that the Mavericks looked at their junk and said, yeah, we're not going to play that game. And, and, and they've gone down this road by allowing this load management garbage. And, and you, you have allowed teams to basically do whatever they want with, with playing players. I mean, right. I remember when, when David Stern was commissioner and Magic Johnson was still playing, so this would have been maybe the 80s, and the Lakers had everything clinched, and they said, yeah, we're going to rest our guys for the last couple of games. And Stern stepped in and said, no, no, no. No, you're not. And he issued a bunch of fines or something, and they, and they played. Now it's whatever you want to do. Whatever the hell you want to do is okay. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is the NBA just announced they have set an all-time regular season attendance record. Hmm. So their ratings that. on television for their playoffs may be down, which they are. But yeah. they say, the NBA does, that they have never had more people push through turnstiles 
to watch their product. So the NBA is far from dead. It's just sort of not as much of a TV product anymore. I guess. I, I, I really it's hard to believe that. that, right? That their their yeah. actual attendance numbers are at the highest ever, and their tickets are fucking expensive. And They're the load expensive. management is infuriating. You're right. All these right. things I, should have led to a number going the exact opposite direction. And I don't really understand, you know, how this how this works either, because uh, I have been to several Wizards games over the years, and I've watched people come in like the middle of the second quarter leave in the third quarter. I mean, there's other things to do. Now they have sports books attached. Right. But, but actually sitting down and watching the game seems to be very secondary to just kind of showing up and being part of the scene. Yeah. It's weird. Also, the Kings are in the playoffs for the first time in a while, and their fans are jacked up for it. Get-in prices on StubHub, secondary market, are the highest ever recorded for a first-round playoff game, guess what it'll cost you to get in to row to section 202 row R for the opening home game for the Kings playoff run? Thousand bucks. Shit, Andy. 427, which is still way too much money. $427 for a first-round back-of-the-building NBA ticket. But that's an unusual market in that there's nothing else there, and and they have and as bad as they've been over the years, they support the team. That people show up no matter how bad they are. I know, and also the uh, Kings are ending their ABC drought. They will be on ABC in the playoffs for the first time in 16 years, going wow. back to 2007. You remember Chris the Weber. remember the giddy days where I was all on the uh, the 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 Kings bandwagon, and I was yep. a big fan of Jason Williams and, mm-hmm. and Weber and everyone else. Mm-hmm. No, not Jason Williams, Mike Bibby. Although yep. White Chocolate was there before Mike it Bibby. Was. But they yeah. got really good with Bibby and Weber and Vladi Divots, and I wanted them to beat Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers so bad. They just couldn't do it. The league wouldn't let it. 26 fourth-quarter foul calls in game six against uh, Sacramento was one of the all-time screw jobs in this league. Right. That, that should have been a federal investigation. That, that, was, that was criminal what happened that night. But, but you know, you welcome Jack and Kobe, so you got them. Exactly. All right, let me end on this today. This is absolute red meat of a topic that if you and I were still doing a radio show, we would probably spend an hour or more on. But we'll spend a little bit of time right here. The Washington Post did an actual survey asking residents of the district, ding, Maryland, ding, and Virginia, ding, that's where DMV comes from, people, who's the worst drivers amongst the three jurisdictions? And the results were quite interesting. This has been a debate that has raged since I was in high school and first got my driver's license with my brother, my older brother, Jim, indoctrinating me to look uh, askance at any Maryland plate that wanders over the, the American Legion Bridge into Virginia. Watch out, they're shitty drivers. Did you read the story? Do you have any thoughts on this? A, I didn't read the story. And B, Having grown up in Maryland, have spent most of my life in Maryland and learned how to drive in Maryland, have had a Maryland driver's license, I think, my whole life. Maybe I might have had one in New York or Texas, but yeah. uh, I have been a Maryland driver 
basically for, you know, 50 some years. Yeah. Uh, we never heard any of this. This, this is all a Virginia thing. <laughs> well, who do you think are the worst drivers? Uh, I, you know, I've never stopped to think who it might be. Answer I mean, the question. I, You're under oath. You're under podcast at, oath. I look, at, I look at age and gender um, more often than I look at license plate when oh, it comes to that. Okay. Well, I won't go down that road lest we get canceled. But still, uh, no. the the net net of the story was that uh, more Maryland was kind of the winner for the worst drivers, but only mm-hmm. because there is a heavy skew of Virginia drivers who said Maryland was twice as bad as the other two. The other uh, dis- the other uh, places, Maryland and D.C., split the blame pretty evenly three ways. Virginia, mm-hmm. though. They're the ones who blame Maryland. It might be a cultural thing, Andy. It might be learned intolerance for your drivers. Yeah. I I know this. uh, I love your driving laws compared to the draconian insanity that exists here in the Commonwealth. That's for sure. You can actually drive 85 in Maryland and not go to jail. Yeah, but we have we have speed cameras, so it gets expensive. <laughs> that's bullshit, and the district has them, and that's bullshit. And thank God Virginia has said that's a bridge we're not going to cross. At least yeah, not but yet. you could go to jail, could, which could get expensive. True. All right, Andy, great run. Thank you very much for your time, and we will chat next week. Thank you. Very good. Take care. Right, there you go. That'll do it for me today. If you want more of me every week, remember... I do a Friday podcast with the boys, Scott and Solly. It's like a recreation of the show that you used to listen to and love on Fox Sports Radio, Sporting News Radio. What else were we? Uh, Yahoo Sports Radio briefly. Anyway, and also on the Team 980. Those boys join me Thursdays and it posts on Fridays only for subscribers. A mere $5 a month. And if you buy a year at a time, you get 12 months for the price of 11. What a bargain. Help sustain, support, and encourage me on this podcast. Andy does it for free. So there's that. Or I give you Andy for free because he's okay with that. All right. Thanks for listening. Rate and review if you get a second. I know it's a pain in the ass. Nobody likes to do it. But it does tickle the algorithmic overlords and helps this podcast grow. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Tuesday. And we will see you next time. And I know it's gonna be Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. 
Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag.